Greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground. This is episode 19. It's a track meet, boys and girls. We are broadcasting live. Well, live for us here from the Power of Change Shedquarters in beautiful Blacksburg, Virginia. I'm here with my co-host, Jesse Fury. What's up? What's up? Nice broad mid baseball bicycle cap. Are we going to do this hat. every? <laughs> do this every time? Yeah. Are you? I have a white V-neck T-shirt yeah, on. Yeah, too. I wasn't going to go there, but. You know. Well, hey, man. Good to see you. It's, hey man, it's, it's good to be here. Very much summery, uh, uh, summer around here now. The the weather's getting nice. I was out at the fire pit last night with my lady, and we had some good discussions about life and ministry and gratitude to God. And she she and Kayla are getting ready to um, head to the United Kingdom. Oh, uh, Blacksburg High School English teacher invited Kayla to go on this study kind of two week study thing in the UK and. So they head out tomorrow. Wow. And uh, I'll have the two littles with me rolling around a little bit here. How many people are going? I think there's, I, I don't know. I know Kayla has a few friends that are okay. going. So I think it's around a dozen people maybe in the in the uh, entourage. I'm not positive, but they're going to Ireland, Scot- Scotland, um, and then England as well. And Man, so, how yeah. cool to do that yeah. in high school. Yeah. Last night uh, around the fire, Kayla, or Casey shared with me, uh, they were talking about what did they want to see, and uh, do you want to see the Harry, where Harry Potter stuff was done or something like that? They were talking about that, and Kayla's like, you know, I want to see uh, the the fountain of water where the Black Death started in London. Is what she said. Wow, she's such a history. She's a history nerd, and I'm I'm like so proud of that. It's uh, really pretty cool to be able to nerd out yeah. in history with uh, your almost seventeen year old. So yeah, That's they're great. they're heading out, man. You guys got any plans for the summer? Well. um, yeah, we're going to visit. We're going to Franklin, Tennessee yeah. in a few weeks. Yeah. I heard you lived down there. Yeah, so, yeah. we lived there from 04 to 08. We're going yeah. to visit my wife Jenny's uh, brother and his family. Um, Drive by Brooks and Dunn's house, a lot of country music stars in Franklin. <laughs> I don't know that we're going to do that. <laughs> I don't know many country music stars, yeah. but uh, but it's a, you know, it's a nice place. It'll be fun for us. You know, I just had one of my... One of my uh, first Bonhoeffer House guys came through and visited this weekend. Skip and Skip is down in uh, in East Nashville. Okay, yeah, uh, trying to apprentice to be a tattoo artist. Oh yeah, it's the right place to be. And, East uh, Nashville, yeah. one of the right places. I and guess. he's working at um, the soda parlor. Okay, down there. So I'm planning to take my kids there. So they have this soda parlor where they have free arcade games oh. and and board games and then obviously like soda uh, craft made sodas is and, it like pac-man like old yeah 1980s yeah like arcade, old school like centipede with yes, a right. rolling ball and, and they're so, just yeah. free you just kind of play and play my kids are gonna go nuts that sounds incredible yeah space invaders man yeah Gal- galaga yeah this man is playing galaga <laughs> we just and we just finished uh my this is our we're homeschooling our kids right now oh um homeschool kids like they test they take tests though right yeah guess, so my yeah. daughter just finished my my daughter's seven years old and i just got i just got a message from her as we were as we were getting ready to start that she, I, you know, I'm gonna play yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, hold it up, hold it up. That close. she, uh, she just finished her testing this morning. So listen into this. It's coming. Hello, Daddy, and I finished my testing, and I'm so glad because I hated my testing. <laughs> just to let you know, bye, I love you. <laughs> 
<laughs> so glad. So glad because I hated my testing. Just yeah, to let you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, everyone's tested. We'll be sure not to test you anymore. Yeah, yes. You better we'll, test them. We'll, un- <laughs> we'll unschool. Yeah. Unschool and make sure that nobody knows that you know what you know. You know, I'm, I'm okay with all that until like medical school or aerospace engineering. Then I, I want them to be able to <laughs> pass the test. They, they, they need to know something. Yeah. yeah, for sure, for sure. Well, hey. Thanks for uh, tuning in today. Uh, our episode is called It's a Track Meet, Boys and Girls. We're going to be talking a little bit, continue a little bit in a sports theme, I guess, from our last time, but uh, not intentionally, but something in the news recently about the Connecticut Track State Championships where boys and girls are running together. Um, so we'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, until then, I want to remind everyone, thank you for the five-star reviews that are going up on iTunes. I think we're in double digits now, so uh, we're feeling accomplished. Keep it coming. Our uh, small and growing faithful undergrounders uh, representing for us on iTunes. But segment one today, Jesse, uh, this is our cool or not cool segment. We haven't done it quite as often, but I'm just going to ask you a few uh, questions. And you have these uh, this binary choice, uh, cool or not cool. If you think this uh, statement is cool or not cool, just say so. I may or may not uh, follow <laughs> up on your answer. We may just roll. We'll see. Yeah. Number one, uh, you mentioned you were an NBA guy, so this one's for you. Uh, KD going to the Golden State Warriors two years ago after I think they won like 79 games or something, 73 games, something crazy like that. 73, I think. 73 yeah. 79 and nine. would be insane. Yeah, 73 and 9 or something. Yeah, that's right. Was that cool or not cool? Oh, man. Uh, I mean, cool, right? I mean, so it's fun. Right. Nobody will ever consider him to be the greatest basketball player of all time. He, you know, he, he gave that up by going to a super team where he's kind of the second or back and forth. Top with two. Steph. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but I don't know, fun. Yeah, those who are LeBron James fans who think this was not cool forget very quickly that the, a super team was once created uh, called the Miami, Miami. Miami Heat. Yeah. All right, number two, uh, Donald Trump meeting with Kim Jong-un uh, this week in North Korea. <laughs> I don't know. Do I have to answer that? <laughs> I, I have like a standing policy to not answer questions about Trump. Is okay, that okay, not cool. Number three, <laughs> uh, politicians speaking at church conventions, maybe in the South, maybe Baptist, cool or not cool? Not cool. Very that's not cool. That's the correct answer. Did that no. happen? Am, am I missing that? Oh, well, it's happening. Right, maybe it's hap- happening right now. It might be happening. Fill me in. Is this right the, now? Yeah, is this vice president. Our vice president has been asked to speak by the Southern, Southern no. Baptist and my, by my tribe and my uh, good friend uh, Garrett Kell. Shout out! What's up, Garrett? Um, formed a motion and okay. put it to the floor. You can see it on the Twitter. Uh, and it and it lost to disinvite him and not have him speak as a politically oh. divisive thing. Um, good job, Garrett. Good job, Garrett. I think it lost sixty forty or something like that, or two thirds or something. Not but cool. Yeah, not cool. All right, number four. Your wife leaving trash in your car. Would that be cool or not cool? Don't think that that's ever happened oh, for me. Goodness gracious, it happens to me all the time. And my it's wife. Not cool. I leave <laughs> trash in my wife's car, and it's it's also not cool. I think we're opposites in our marriage. Uh, number five, um, children having smartphones. This is one's for you, Bob Thune. Oh no. (laughs) What have you done to me? Uh, what, 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 how old? Yeah. Not not cool if they're young. Let's qualify this. Okay. Ever a child, I guess, uh, my friend under 18, under 18, I suppose. Yeah. Um, could be cool. Could be cool. I would say, uh, uh, depends on, on need. Depends on need, maturity, yeah. 
Very. And, and what kind of controls you can put on it. And Sounds like you're for wisdom and not the ban. Uh, my, but I my, just know I'm, I don't want to step my into any countercultural, kind of My countercultural brother, Bob Thune in Omaha, Nebraska, who I love and respect uh, immensely, um, he's for no kids, countercultural, no smartphones for kids. Um, hopefully I'm going to blog on that soon. And maybe we can get Bob on here. We could uh, have a little kick around on the uh, ills. I think Bob and I would, are going to agree fully on the uh, the dangers right. and difficulties of uh, certain things that smartphones bring. Right. Um, but sometime you have to disciple within the things that culturally uh, engage our lives and not just ban them. All right, number six. Biological boys winning state track titles uh, against girls in Connecticut. Is that cool or not cool? That's uh, that's not cool. <laughs> that's not. <laughs> it's not cool if you're a girl running track yeah. in Connecticut. It's a very difficult thing. This yeah. is our main topic today. It's a track meet, boys and girls, where um, this year uh, a transgender girl who's biologically male uh, won uh, the sprinting titles uh, in Connecticut and. Very difficult situation. I don't think we're going to be getting into, uh, you know, transgenderism today in any sort of detail, but certainly brings up some questions about um, justice, treatment of one another, mm-hmm. fairness uh, in sports. Um, for instance, there's been many articles, we'll put these in your show notes there, about transgender athletes uh, and how uh, our culture is trying to come to, even our world is trying to uh, come to grips. Now, there is a long history of testing of athletes, mainly uh, if you say, look at the Wikipedia article on the history of the Olympic testing or international testing of athletes, it's usually testing to see if there are males uh, competing against females. That's right. typically um, because that's where just due to physics, uh, biology, uh, hormones, muscle density and things, there's an advantage uh, that, that is to be gained. And so most of the controversial cases over the years uh, in testing have been of that genre. Um but with Connecticut, they have a policy that um, you com- you compete in the sport that you identify with. Right. It's uh, not it's not biological, right. and it's not um, birth gender. It's just yeah, identity, not birth sex. Right. Not yeah. it's just identity. So, if someone is biologically male, in this case, um, I'm not going to say the kid's name because I, I it's not our yeah. topic. We'll put it in the show notes. If you want to read about it. Um, but if the child is a male biologically. Um, identifies as female, then the competitions that they enter are against girls. Now, there, there. This is something that the uh, International uh, Olympic Committee has struggled with intensely as well, because there are uh, certain uh, medical uh, realities. Um, we won't get into too much of the detail here of of intersex, or uh, you might be uh, biologically in between either chromosomally or not. Um, for instance, if you might be an XY intersex or an XX intersex, depending on thing, and just have maybe a, a formation of gen- genitalia in a certain way. Um, and so there's all, always a question of whether or not someone competes in, say, the Olympic-sanctioned co- competitions as a, as a man or a woman. And so that that's just a necessary, compassionate, uh, to seek fairness and rules. So there's been all sorts of things over the years that have used, uh, you know, testosterone levels uh, uh, can't be above a certain level, for instance. Um, some advocate for chromosomal testing and things like that, that someone has to be chromosomal. Um, 
and so hyperandrogenism and female athletes, um, they, they try to put in rules um, to protect women in sports and promote fair competition. And so um, that those rules even become controversial because how much, you know, even within male and female athletes, there's always a range, right, of uh, the, you know, hormones associated with certain muscular development and performance like testosterone. Yeah, so, I, was, I was curious about testosterone levels even within biologically female people, uh, the range there. How do, how do you, is it, has there been a lot, Reed, about at, at what point does it top out? You know, what kind of level can you pick that yeah, when, when it comes yeah. to testosterone? And that's, but that's, I think, the difficulty uh, that the IOC has wrestled with. Right. Um, and even trying to accommodate in many ways those who transition sexually or, or appearance of sex. Um, you know, I'm transitioning from female to male, male to female. Yeah. Um, how do we, we look at that? Because the, the actual uh, biological sex of a person is not being changed in such transitions. The outward appearance is so, and hormones are adjusted and things like that. And so how do they, how do they rule? That's been precisely the difficulty. Now the, the current rule, this is as of 2015, um, you know, trying to affirm it, everybody and, and, and be fair at the same time. This is, a. uh, under uh, the the IOC consensus meeting 2015 agreed the following guidelines be taken into account by sports organizations when determining eligibility to compete in male and female competition. So specifically, I'm going to jump down to section 2.2. The athlete must demonstrate her total testosterone level in serum, uh, and I believe that refers to blood serum, uh, has been below 10 nanomoles per liter. Uh, for at least 12 months prior to her first competition. So they have decided uh, not only that this level is what they feel is deemed appropriate, uh, but also a duration of time right. that this has been the case. So someone cycling on certain hormones, um, you just don't jack up your testosterone because you're tran- transitioning or something and, and even gaining a further advantage uh, because doping is obviously a huge concern in, in, right. in ath- athletics using testosterone. Um, so this becomes a problem uh, when when uh, trying to see who can compete against one another when the uh, uh, birth sex is not taken into place. And so... Um, there has to be, there has to be some fairness that they're trying. So this, this kind of reality is what the sports world in general is dealing with. Now there's much to say about, um, biblically as a Christian, what we believe about male and female made in the image of God, creational identity, uh, your biological sex and your gender being unified in the design and creation of God. I don't want to get into all of that today. But it does bring up questions like if you had a daughter running in the Connecticut State track meet, and this is what's happening now. A petition has been filed by yep. parents to, to say, hey, we got to do something different than this. Um, you know, you have a little girl who's trained her whole life to be a track athlete. Senior year, it's her year. Her times are great. And then a guy, basically, who's, who's uh, transgendered, uh, identifying themselves as a girl gets to come in and beat you uh, in in a track meet. The question of fairness and equality in sports then arises. You know. Right. Now, the interesting thing is, in 1972, um, an American education amendment known as Title IX, which is the law of the land, um, speaks to gender equity in sports. 
Um, I know a lot about Title IX and just in its effects and its implementation at a university level because uh, over the years, many um, collegiate wrestling programs have been eliminated uh, because of gender equity and proportionality. And that, that just basically states in the athletic department, the proportion of female athletes, scholarship athletes should be the same as the proportion of the general student population. Right. And so if there wasn't a female counterpart to a, to a sport, and now wrestling didn't help itself if they had a bunch of guys not passing classes and acting like idiots, that, that doesn't help either. But Title IX has been one of the major, uh, at least justification by athletic administrations for cutting uh, amateur wrestling programs from the Division One college level. Right. Um, and when, when you were a wrestler, you were not cutting class. No, no. But no, you no. were acting like an idiot, I assume. <laughs> I did some idiot things uh, in, in my college days, and uh, I could tell you about that more. I want to incriminate myself right. uh, on, on air here today. But yeah, it's... Uh, it's it's certainly something we've all looked at in the amateur wrestling community. One, we want our we want our guys to go to class and do well, yeah. get an education, and you want the programs to be there so they yeah. have something to yeah, aspire exactly. to. And, and, and there's been massive elimination and cuts in Division One wrestling over the years. I, I don't have the statistics on that in particular in front of me, um, but it's 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 been a winnowing that has not been good in, from from a wrestling perspective. Now that said. I, I love Title IX and gender equity in sports. The reason why is that it encourages participations for athletics for young girls. I'm so in, I'm so on this band train, whatever. I think it's been a wonderful thing for young ladies. In fact, we'll put something in the show notes that shows uh, the benefits uh, to girls. Um, for participation in sports. And none of this is hyped. This is all uh, research, you know, self-image, uh, eating habits, uh, confidence, academic performance. There's so many benefits uh, to athletics for for young ladies. And so obviously um, I have two daughters, teenage daughters, uh, one having heading into her junior year in high school, one heading into her freshman year next year who are very much into sports. And it's just been wonderful for them overall. So I just want to say um, – Women's sports, man, support them, um, be behind them. Yeah. Uh, it's been a wonderful thing, I think, in our society. Now, this is a really strange uh, occurrence that slots taken uh, that are that exist for girls athletes now potentially could be taken by biological males due to other shifts in our cultural uh, makeup where we're endorsing. Uh, gender identity not having to match biological sex, transgenderism, etc. And so here we are resulting in biological males winning state titles uh, in in track and our culture really is wrestling with hey what do what do we do? And and then potentially earning scholarships into female Right on the female, you know, it, as far as what you're saying, you're ta- talking about spaces that are set aside for women in college yeah. athletics. Yeah, yeah, that may then go to a uh, biologically male, right, transgender woman, right. girl, right. who's identifying right. as a girl. Yeah, who's really fast. Yeah, yeah, or or in this case, not really fast. I mean, the one that won the the uh, I had a buddy whose whose daughter is a really really good track athlete in the state of Tennessee. Uh, the the PR for the the gentleman that or the the the, the girl the girl who, uh, yeah. the transgender woman who won the Connecticut state title her, the PR this year was twelve point two two and then a real girl eleven point nine seven so it's not like this this particular guy but but on, twelve twelve point two two is still pretty fast for, uh, for I mean for for, for, for girls yeah, track yeah, yeah for high school girls I mean track. I 
pretty confident I could not run a 12.22. <laughs> pretty confident neither one of us could. And, you know, the top, top. I can run a 12.240. That's right. Smoking. <laughs> yeah. Like Flash. Uh, yeah, man. Incredibles 2 is coming out. We're going to see some fast run, I think. But yeah, so this, this is the thing, you know, Title IX and, and gender equity in sports and proportionality. I, I remember seeing these debates because there's been a long discussion about, okay, if the population of the, the, the school is 60% female, then the athletic department needs to be too. But then you have like 85 football, football scholarships. scholarships. And, yeah. I've, and I've heard, uh, you know, female athletic directors saying, well, there's not three genders. Uh, men, women, and football players, um, right? And so, but now, potentially, we could see transgender women, uh, biological males, um, taking space on female athletic programs in, in, at a university setting. Potentially, uh, probably could research probably already happened. We have to look into that a little bit more. But so here's the problem: um, without getting into all the debate about transgenderism today. Um, we have an issue of boys versus girls in sport. Right? Yeah, this is for me. This is a a, a categorical uh, question of fairness. Um, this is something funny that when I was an undergrad at the University of North Carolina uh, at Chapel Hill, where Michael Jordan attended and played basketball uh, for a little bit, um, we had this debate. We had this women's soccer program, Jesse. That was just pretty good. One of the best, biggest dynasties. Pretty decent. Mia Ham. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Who yeah. else was there? Oh, Christine Lilly, Mia Ham, Tish wow. Venturini. These were girls all starting on the national Casey team. Casey Monahan. Yeah, yeah. Casey Monroe for a couple <laughs> of years. That was uh, my girl. But um, yeah, I mean, I had class with uh, Mia. Great, great. I mean, great, great human being. Really enjoyed getting to know all those girls. They were highly competitive athletes and dominant. I mean, I think they won 15 NCAA titles in a row or something like that. Crazy. Um, only like UCLA basketball, Iowa wrestling, uh, and uh, UNC women's soccer. These are some of the big dynastic mm, dominating powerhouses, powerhouses in, in college sports. And so there was always these funny discussions on our campus. And our men at the time were kind of decent average ACC team. Yeah. I think they're a lot, but they've been a lot better since I've been there. Um, so the question is, was like, our women's team would beat our girls' team. Well, you mean the the boys soccer? Team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah, women's sorry. team would beat the men's the, the team. The men's team. Sorry, yeah. I misspoke yeah. there. Yeah, so that was always you know kicked around on campus, and the number one uh, detractors to that argument were our women's soccer players. Well, okay. the reason why because they they're athletes, they're uh, highly accomplished, competitive female athletes. And they know the difference between many of them played against boys at young ages growing up because they were so good. Right. Um, but they know, like, you know, the 40 times for a top level men's soccer player versus the 40 time of a top level. Even even the 40 time of a mid level ACC or, men's soccer or, player. Or not very good club men's soccer player at a right. university setting would be it's categorically different the game right. is so much faster the strength differences at, the, at that age i mean i i coached youth wrestling for a while in new jersey and we'd always have you know these girl wrestlers usually the daughters of a of a wrestling coach just come out and slay some little dudes right and and that's that i i don't have a problem with that i think that's fine up until certain ages puberty when when, when our bodies start to change and then our, our hormonal levels begin to change there's such a strength difference and now the, the, the proliferation of uh, women's uh, wrestling, wrestling, amateur wrestling. MMA, just, yeah, yeah fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan of women's uh, freestyle wrestling uh, in the world. We have some really good ones in America, too. Um, but the but once they got up a certain age, girls against boys would just have, uh, it could be even dangerous. Right. Um, 
And so here we have, and it's not, and it's not a question of, it's not a question of skill, talent, or even proportional uh, strength and, and speed. Right. It's just a categorical difference. Yeah. You know. So so we had, um, you know, I I played club soccer. Not club, no. Well, let's back up. Intramural soccer. Yeah. And we had players on our team who were both former men's and women's soccer players on our on our school team. And the and, women made and they it. stood out. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And the girls were way better than me. Oh yeah, way better. Yeah, but if I could still win a foot race to the ball, yeah, and you could probably still knock them off the ball. Right. Know? Yeah. There's and, still a strength difference. And yeah, yeah. my my wife one is, foot race to the ball, not the second one, because then I'd be wheezing <laughs> yeah, on the ground, throwing up beside the goal, wishing that I did not come yeah. out on the field. My my wife has been a perpetual ringer in co-ed ultimate frisbee and co-ed soccer games because you're right, she's an amazing athlete, amazingly skilled. Soccer. So she played ultimate frisbee, or she just happens oh, to be good we, at we, it. We actually played ultimate frisbee together in various settings when we were younger, and and I can throw. I mean, I, I can wing it. I, I can throw. I can throw. Five Five, six different ways and I can throw I can throw a frisbee a quarter mile you know, this way that way this way this way all all that so and and we would you know we would just it was like a hustle man you know we'd be hustling the other teams oh pick a girl I was like all right I, me and my wife gotta stay together and I and usually they put the girl other girls on the team on the, on the opposite girls. team yeah yeah, yeah yeah opposite team they put a girl on Casey you know she cuts she, she tracks to me I fake she cuts goes long score every time then they start putting their fastest guys on Casey because <laughs> they had to so yeah it's not a not a skill or non-skill thing um in fact some of the most skilled athletes it, it doesn't matter on gender right uh, how good someone is but playing against one another and so now look if you're if you're talking about curling darts chess there's certain things that you know g- go in let's make all sports co-ed but i think any kind of uh desire to make uh you know get away from uh, gender differentiation in athletic competition is actually an unjust thing to do to women, right? Um, and it and it also puts guys in a in a strange uh, situation. Um, in fact, coaching a young kid, I mean, he's you know he's getting ready to wrestle the girl, um, either if he's going to get destroyed by her or even he's you know if it's a nice kid. Some sometimes boys are nice and they 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 don't want to hurt a girl or something yeah. uh, because they think you know they're erroneously <laughs> they're they're stronger or something at, at a young age. So it just creates this this situation that we have to talk about and have to remedy. And so um, I'm I'm a full uh, supporter of um, separating uh, the sexes for athletic competition, specifically of a physical nature. What do you do with someone who's transitioning? Yeah, I, I think that's what the Olympic Committee is trying to wrestle yeah. with. Um, do you think that the testosterone level is a fair... As a fair, um, te- because because really every state is handling this differently. If, if yeah, I, if I understand that, and right. even different commissions, right? Because this has become an issue in mixed martial arts as well. Where right, a guy transitioning to a uh, to you know transition from a male identified person to a, a female um, hormone therapies and, and everything. There's discussions about the fairness of that because even when you look at testosterone levels uh being similar because it's these are again always range some women have higher testosterone yeah. they're very strong by 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 right. by god in nature um and some aren't and so there's always a range so you put it you put a range in there for testosterone but it doesn't change you know the homology of the person's body per se it doesn't all you know their bone structure and things bone like structure, that bone density. Um, yeah. yeah so that so those who st- there are still those who object to it um, 
female athletes in particular, um, because it's still it's still not the same. Just if your blood serum levels are a certain way, it's very complicated because we've complicated things in terms of of gender. Um, and I and I certainly don't think that this is a just uh, thing to have this a, a young male. Uh, uh, beating young females uh, in the track meet because uh, I think it's it's profoundly unfair uh, to these young ladies. Um, you, know, you work your whole life to perfect your craft and then all of a sudden someone just steps in and literally can beat you whether or not they've had the same kind of uh, experience with the sport that you've had or not just simply because they're, because they're physically yeah. able to. So it does bring up uh, the issue of, of, transgenderism and the gospel, right? This is the gospel underground podcast. We, we were trying to have discussions on the borderlands, uh, the over, overlapping areas between the church and culture. And so, um, we're going to close just with a little bit of our, uh, uh, yeah, there it is. There's that sound, a little bit of our, uh, uh, take them to church segment. And so Jesse, if you're, if you're, you're a Christian pastor, uh, you train pastors, um, this is part of our society now in the West, um, where there, you, you meet people that are transitioning or have transitioned. Um, how do you respond to real human persons? Um, cause even compassionately respond to a kid that you might want to say, you, you can't run on this track meet. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you're to take us to church, take us to the gospel, take us to the scriptures, um, how would you counsel us in this area? Well, I think it's it's so complex, Reed. You know, it's so complicated, and I don't have all the answers. Um, and and I don't. I think the church is trying to figure this out, right? I mean, who has all the answers? Uh, one one of the things that I thought of as we're talking is, um. Especially when it, I'm thinking, I'm still in this idea of the track runner, right? The person who's who's uh, young and um, wants to be an athlete and is 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 struggling with their sense of gender identity. Um, I think that we want to be careful not to demonize someone yeah. as as if this guy in Connecticut just wants to dominate the girl, so he's uh, you know identifying as a female so that he can run faster. Like, like no people, real life people don't tend to set themselves up for that kind of scrutiny and right. criticism. Because they're uh, surrounded by parents, surrounded by school systems, surrounded by society, surrounded by different uh, counsel for someone who is wrestling internally, psychologically, right. with who, who they are. Right? Yeah. And so, and so I think it's really important to, um, to, to, to really see, uh, see someone as a person a person who's made in God's image, who 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 we may say is is confused, is hurting, is experiencing uh, the brokenness, and th- and that's something that I would want to be um, clear about as I'm thinking through how I counsel someone or how I approach someone is right. Um, the the fall, right? Sin affects us in all kinds of different ways, and sin affects us in deep, even. Uh, 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 hormonal ways, right? Like, so someone who, who from their earliest memories looks down when they go to the bathroom and they, and they're confused because they're, they feel like a woman, but they're not. Uh, I don't, I don't want to say, man, you got to repent of your sin to necessarily there now at some point, maybe. Yeah. But, I mean, there are, um, 
physicians, psychiatrists, as well as uh, various uh, psychologists who who deal with what they would diagnose as gender dysphoria. Right. Right. Biologically uh, clear, um, but yet um, confused as what they feel like they identify with. Right. That this is certainly uh, something that's diagnosed and 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 people in right people, right and, and and it's and it's a and it's and it is a result of the fall i think you know like mm-hmm. and it's not the kid's fault you know the, the six-year-old kid who's confused or whatever so i i think for us truth even speaking the truth believing the right. truth right. involves being charitable right. and loving and seeing the imago day in someone who even right. who even is confused about their own gender identity right um is is being wise about when to speak into things and when to listen right. when to be the uh, the person who's um who's speaking truth and want to be the person who's, who's giving a gentle hug. You know, by the way, um, in my, my experience in the church, um, oftentimes, uh, someone who's, who's transgender or, uh, experiencing gender dysphoria, um, man, like a hug from, from a pastor or someone in church feels like, feels like the gospel in some ways because they feel so, so much, uh, reviling from or at least they or at least there's an assumption right you know uh, they come into church and there's an assumption yeah they're going to treat me a certain way that's right because look the the church you know some churches aren't clear on this but jesse and i are that that when we say the truth that we believe that god created us male and female in In the the image image of of God. god yeah he created them and that the complementary nature of the sexes is not an accident; it is by divine design. Yeah. Um, and you know, our 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 persons complement one another. Our bodies complement one another. Our sexual powers complement one another and have purpose. Um, and so, what we're what we're trying to navigate again, not in full detail today, is how do we love people who are made in the image of God, male or female, um, and uh, are struggling with that uh, psychologically? How do we uh, love and hold the truth, but yet uh, value persons? Right, right? And, be able, and, and be able to speak the truth and, and stand on the truth of, of made in the image of God, male or female, but not not uh, turn someone into like um, this big kind of scarlet letter. Only instead of yeah. A for adultery, it's T for transgender. Like right. like there's a there's a lot of suffering happening. And and in some ways, as I've counseled people who've who've uh, in in this kind of world of um, sexual dysfunction or or or, or gender identity or uh, or anyway, one of the things that I'm I'm wanting to do is is give gospel hope. Yeah, and the gospel hope isn't necessarily that all your problems are going to go away. Just trust Jesus, and in like a month, you'll you'll feel better. That may not be the case. In fact, you might be forty years down the line and still struggling with how do I walk faithfully and follow Jesus and trust Him, even in the even in light of the fact that I still feel like I'm not who who my body is. Right, right. And, and so I want to I want to really help point people towards the gospel is hope for that, yeah. and and you can find. Uh, you can, that sense of being whole that you long for, it's not going to be filled by just simply giving into right. how you're feeling. Right. Uh, you really need to bring that to Jesus and say, what do you want me to do? 
And, and, and part of that, it, it, it's not like a mystical thing that you get a direct line to Jesus and he says, you go ahead and change your gender. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you really, you need to search the scriptures and you need to, and you, you need to seek godly counsel and, 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 uh, and, and follow him and, and your path, even, even if your path involves, uh, what I would say might be an unfair amount of suffering compared to other people, right? Yeah. Like, like some people are born in the world because of the, the fall and because of sin previous to them. And, and, and their life is just not as, yeah, yeah it's not as easy. We all have burdens. We all have various, uh, things yeah. that we struggle with. And, um, the book I, I, I took some time with this morning by Andrew T. Walker, God in the Transgender Debate has, debate, has a chapter called Love Your Neighbor and kind of gets at some of the things you're, you're talking about, Jesse. And he speaks about loving people. And um, just a few of the, the, the headers of this chapter I think are fantastic. Uh, first, love promotes dignity, that people are made in the image of God, even when that image is fallen and broken, like, like we all are, when, as God's grace saves, forgives us for our sins, and puts us back together. Uh, secondly, love requires empathy, right? And bear each other's burdens, fulfill the law of Christ, right? We have different burdens uh, as sisters and brothers in the Lord, and we need to bear those with one another. And so we need to help friends who are struggling with uh, dysphoria as much as we struggle with somebody struggling with something else. Um, and this is where it maybe gets a little more controversial in our society. Love shares the truth. Yeah. Um, our struggle is one thing, giving in and identifying as something that we're not made uh, in God's image to be is another thing. And then, yeah, and, and I would want to, before someone, if there's someone who's in, in process, at some point, to me, the, the speaking the truth kind of rises to the level of almost pleading. Like, yeah. like don't go to the point where you can't, come back or coming back becomes uh uh too difficult more complicated so so the the guy who's or or girl who's coming for the first time to church and and shares you know just so you know this is this is who i am right um i'm not that in that first meeting gonna go well just so you know you're walking in sin and (sighs) i'm just gonna go man that you know that sounds like a really a really hard burden you're carrying let's get together and talk and it's and it's something that sometimes gets lost uh to uh, Christian people is that temptation and sin are not the same thing. No, uh, no temptation sees you except what common common to man. But God is faithful and always provide a way out under it. In First Corinthians ten, um, temptation is not sin in itself. It's following those desires to. Uh, other uh, other masters, if it will, like, hey, I'm going to do this. I'm going to identify with this. I'm not going to submit these desires that that could lead me there to God. That's right. Like so, so the so the feeling of, man, I really feel like a girl. Yeah, I really feel like a girl. Like that at that level at that moment, we're not saying repent of that sin necessarily. The the sin happens when when desire uh, gives birth and right. and you and you and you follow that and right. you and you disregard the word of God and you disregard counsel right. and yeah that yeah. all of us have to submit our desires to God and have them ordered and our affections yeah. ordered under Him and under His word for sure. Uh, last few headers in this chapter: Love produces compassion. He quotes Colossians three twelve: Put on then as God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassion and hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Uh, love does have patience with one another. And then face to face. Far too much of our interactions about uh, people we may uh, disagree with are done uh, at a distance. Yeah. God forbid done only on Twitter. Facebook, um, Twitter. Uh, rather than uh, in uh, face-to-face 
friendship with people. Yeah. And I think a Jesus who was a friend of sinners and eats with them, we need to be known for this uh, in the way we love and then hold our convictions. Yeah. Because there's great pressure on uh, Christian people to capitulate on the clear teaching of the Word of God on these issues. Yeah, we we want to look at Jesus who in the uh, um, probably canonical story of uh, <laughs> the woman called ad- adultery, uh, <laughs> in John's gospel, yes. And John, yeah, says, uh, you know, he who's without sin casts the first stone. But then also looks at her and says, uh, uh, I don't condemn you, but go and sin no more. Right. And so there's there's this, uh, there's grace and truth, and, and that's Jesus. He came with grace and truth. And, uh, you know, by the way, Reed, I think, I think every, so I'm, I'm a bit of a church history nerd. And so <laughs> uh, you can kind of go back and look at eras in the church and see where, um, this is the Christology era. This is where right. where the church was really trying to settle on what do we believe about uh, fully God, fully man, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made. What, right. You know, uh, then we've got the Trinitarian. We've got the Holy Spirit. We've got different, different, uh, uh, really like like this is what the church is dealing with both internally and as it in as it. Uh, relates to society and to yeah, the state. Yeah, and a lot of those debates, they're brought forward by the ideological, ideological debates or the philosophical posture and perspective of the culture. That's right. You know, the, the, in the early days of Christology, they're, they're questioning, like, how does a, a person have two natures and things yeah. like that, because those were philosophically interesting questions that certainly the Scriptures speak to, so the Church clarifies yeah. uh, her truth, her teaching. And I think I think we're right smack in the middle of the anthropology era. Like I think in a few hundred years, uh, scholars will look back at this time, and in the writing that's being done now, the the interacting that's being done now, the thinking, and say this is this was the time where where anthropology was central in what makes us who we are. That's uh, right. Yeah, you know, we we even talked about this some when we were talking about. Robots, um, robots, and artificial intelligence, but it, it comes up with gender and transgender. Yeah. It, it it has to do with sexuality, and and so I think it's 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 kind of exciting to be on the on the on the front edge of uh, how how does the church respond to this? Right? Uh, how there's, can, yeah? There's really three prongs I would say that are that are confronting what it means to be human. Um, the the relativization of truth and the personalization of definitions is one right that's i am what i say i yeah. am period like if i want to say i'm a 6 foot 5 you know guy from indonesia who's to say i can't um so that's one our view of truth and our view of who defines it we're self-defined people. Uh, number two, I, I think artificial intelligence and computer technology uh, coming from the from the uh, the hardware side of things and software side of things, saying, "Oh, we can make intelligent things." If we have things that are intelligent, what's that mean for our our view of ourselves as humans? And then number three would be what I would call tech, uh, technobiology, our biological engineering, and how we're coming from what we might call wetware um, in the uh, genetic manipulation, manipulation, right, and CRISPR technology and the manipulation of things at a genome level. We understand the genome now. Well, let's make some stuff. What does that mean for us? Because we are made stuff as well. And so those things are very much in our culture and society coming more and more. And then the church has uh, the faith once for all entrusted to the saints, the revelation of God, 
Jesus Christ, fully human, we're looking at him, uh, and then holding these truths of the Bible in tensions with the truths that we're looking at as yeah. a culture. Yeah, yep. Complex stuff, Complex, man. And, 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 it, and it's um, it's so interesting. I mean, really even is. just as, a, as someone looking out at what's happening within uh, the, the, the capital C church um, right. and how the church engages with the culture, the surrounding culture, you know, I think, and really, as you as you look back in time, you've got the the uh, reformed and and always reforming, or what I prefer, uh, reform, reformanda, yeah, like that. being yeah. reformed, the, the, yeah. the church reformed and always being reformed. Right. Um, there are some who would say, well, why we need to stop and just lock in? Yeah. And I think that that's that's true to an, to a, to us. You know, there are certain debates that have been ended. We're not going to. We don't need to revisit Christology. Right. And, and, uh, but there are, but there, there are new frontiers because of the culture and because of, yeah, because of the culture, there are new frontiers. And, and I think the church, God, God has this in mind that the church yeah. is going to be shaped and shaping its view on anthropology. What makes a, a man, a man, a woman, a woman, what makes us in That's the right. image of God. That's and right. so, uh, so I'm excited for what's, what's and, happening. And what leads to both male and male and female flourishing in the image yeah. of God as well. And so the, the, the task of integration is always before the church, integrating her theology to speak in and with the world it's living in. Uh, and then there are also heretics within who yeah. will leave that Christology. And yep. so we need to clarify on that well jesse thanks an image of god looks good in blue hats and white t-shirts man so thanks for always whenever the and whenever the heretics pop up we can we know that there are heretics when john piper tweets farewell to them <laughs> so just be on the lookout well, I don't is know about too, that one. Is that too much? I don't know about that one, but I do. I do like it that you bring some style and swag with your bags and your dress. We got to do these on video. Yeah, we should someday. Yeah. You know, yeah. I'm wearing these little shorts called chubbies, though. I don't know, man. These little chubbies. I'm bringing man shorts back, so I'm doing that today. So that's weird. I would see. I wasn't going to bring up your <laughs> short shorts. My short but, shorts. Hey, my my wife likes these short shorts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys. Okay. Five star reviews right. of Short Shorts on the uh, iTunes podcast store. We accept only five stars. Thanks for Sugars and the Hilos for allowing us to license songs. See it for yourself. As our theme song, The Gospel Underground, is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Send your comments, feedback, questions you might like us to take up here on the Underground to info at gospelunderground.org. We are a dialogue taking place between the borderlands between the church and culture. We hope to see you out there. Peace. Peace.